Hey, everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, how do you know if something's worth your time? Is it possible to take care of everybody's needs, or is that just a myth? Today, we're going to be talking about priorities, how to focus on what's really important, all that and more coming up right after the news with Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Over 50 potential terrorist acts have been prevented since 2001, thanks in part to surveillance from the NSA, according to the agency's director, General Keith Alexander, who testified this morning in a congressional hearing. In the House, Speaker John Boehner said today no immigration bill will even be considered unless it has Republican support. The decision could already be ruining prospects for reforms put forward by a Senate bill headed for a vote soon. Chrysler is recalling nearly 3 million Jeeps after initially disagreeing with a call from the national authorities to do so. Safety officials say the vehicles can catch fire if rear-ended, and while the recall has been officially issued, Chrysler still disagrees with the assessment. As North Carolina's first Republican legislature in over a century continues a conservative shift, weekly protests have started, but lawmakers are holding their ground. Nearly 500 people have been arrested over the last seven weeks as demonstrations outside the legislative building. New Hampshire is near joining the rest of New England in allowing medical marijuana use. A bill backed by the state's governor now looks set to path in pass, excuse me, in both houses of the state's legislature. In world news, widespread protests in Brazil turned violent last night as 200,000 demonstrators began burning cars and tearing up buildings in Rio de Janeiro. Police responded swiftly with rubber bullets and tear gas. U.S. and Afghan officials are going to begin peace talks with Taliban leaders in the nation as early as next week. The new plan comes on the heels of Afghan forces taking full responsibility for the nation's security today. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Just got a thumbs up from Skyboy, who says we're... 10,000 feet. Please unfasten your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Skyboy, thanks was, for the thumbs up. That was just up. a great that intro. Was like, you're you like came in perfectly. I love the action. And, Did you like that? Yeah. Welcome to the show. This is a good one because this is about balance. Today we're talking about balance. Have you ever felt out of balance, Skyboy? Kind of like, I don't know, you're, someone's beating you in the head and <laughs> your life's getting away from you. I have felt that before. <laughs> have you felt that? I've felt like that. I felt like I've been beaten in the head before. <laughs> I'm sorry. But um, that's what life feels like. Cause, okay, so here's the deal. I'm coming off a week-long, plus more than that, probably eight-day trip with my family, which is heaven on earth for a while. And then you're, all of a sudden you're like, what's the deal? These kids, these kids drive me crazy sometimes. And you realize, I'm not used to being with this, these people very often, like this much. To be fair, yeah. they're also not used to being with you that much. I know. They told me that. <laughs> they're like, I'm not sure that I like you around this much, Dad. But we were there. But I realized there is a lot of stuff I'm missing because we would just sit at the beach and someone would ask a really good question that I'm like, I'm missing these questions. When we're at home and everyone's watching, you know, a Disney show or when we're when I'm at work and nothing is actually happening the way I thought it would happen. 
in the end, I think I'm missing a lot. So now I'm a little depressed because here I am at work. My family's all home. Their vacation continues. I am now here with you guys with a bunch of kids. You're saying this is not a vacation? Actually, it is. I always thought you viewed this as like a little island. It actually is because I have about a 40-minute commute. So in that commute, I get to kick back. But what I realized is with I don't have like a lot of time with my family. And so now I'm falling into a depression. And I need your help. I need an intervention because I'm not balanced. So today's show is about the intervention. We are going to be talking about how to balance your work and your family life. And is it possible? Is balance even a real concept that we can do? What do you guys think, by the way? Can you really balance something like work and family, something theoretical, something that's not tangible? You know, you're not like balancing a pencil on your finger that you can do. Theoretically, yes. Can I personally? Definitely not. Yeah. I tend to go overboard with everything. I do too. So I'm a completionist. It's like I'm that guy that if I look up in like the one DVD case, does that match the other DVDs in the series? Yeah. I like freak out. Like I have fix to have that. them all like the it's, same. It's got to be. Well, I'd say like complete everything. You call that a completionist? I made that word up. Yeah, but you did. That's what You're I call myself. Major. I'm a completionist. Like hey. I, I need to like, I can't. I can't uh, like stop a movie halfway through and come back the next day. Like I have to finish it that night, you know. Yeah, that uh, that's you can't make up words. You yeah, should be honoring and revering the English language. Have you looked at the English language? I'm the one that makes up the words here. <laughs> you are not a completionist. So you I can't are balance a anything because finished in yeah. form. I can't balance anything because I have to complete or like finish or know well, everything call about that obsessive. something. Yeah. That's I like obsessive. I like completionist because it sounds less offensive. <laughs> it sounds less clinical. Yeah. It sounds like you're trying to complete things instead of being completely It obsessed. also makes me feel like I'm unique because I came up with something that I call myself as opposed to just being put in with the rest of the obsessive. Yeah, you made up your own name. That's great. He's messed up. <laughs> Don't say anything because he doesn't know. Ben, that's amazing that you, you know this much about you. So you can't yeah, I, be I like balanced. to navel gaze quite a bit. Okay. <laughs> What does that mean? Inner reflection, looking at myself a lot. At your navel? Well, it's it's an expression. I'd look at your face. That I did not make up. That's a real expression. Okay. That's one I've never heard in all my years. But I would I wouldn't use the navel to look at. There's not a lot there. I'd look well, more in your face. <laughs> You're like, well, anyway. Um, so you have a hard time balancing because you would get distracted by your CD collection. Yeah. Hmm. Skyboy? Can you balance? I think so. I'm I'm good at not completing things when I'm sick of them. Well, and that wouldn't be balance. Well, he was saying he he has a hard time. Yeah, you because he that. has to complete everything. Yeah, and if it's not important it. for me to complete it, I can leave it and finish the important thing. Do you feel like you have a very effective balance between personal life and work life? Yeah, I do. I'd say too much. <laughs> oh, then you're not in balance. <laughs> you're out of balance. So you you can do that. How about you, BT? Twice. I think it's possible to balance both of them, um, but once you do, I'd really like to know what it's like to have a mediocre work life and family life as well. <laughs> so kind of what I'm getting at is you can try and balance them, but, or you could just have one be good. Yeah. And so isn't that what we're doing is we end up choosing one that's probably easier, maybe more self, more stimulating, more self-aggrandizing, more exciting. Generally, that's how that story goes. Because in reality, like when you're balancing a bike, aren't you both? Aren't you always falling one way or the other? Yep. You're just 
you're never just balanced. The physics of it, you're constantly tipping over. Yeah. But because you're perma-tip. moving. Let's call that the permatip. The permatip. If we're going to make words up. But because you're moving forward more than you're falling to the left or the right, cancels out that fall. Profound. Now apply that to life. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This Apply is, that to life. Uh, give me a second. Because, by the way, we're I'll constantly on a moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll go on a bike ride. I'll think about this. And then bring back your answers. Okay. Um, have you done any navel gazing, Bryce? I have. Not the kind that's, you know. Your own navel, right? It's, well, not yeah, it's, Ben's. It's, yeah. Leave no, Ben's my navel own. alone. Keep navels. Have you ever heard of the phrase navel gazing? I have. I didn't really know what Where it meant. Is, have you heard that, Skyboy? Where have I been, Merritt? Have you? I hadn't. Okay, English major. I have a college it? degree, so. <laughs> yeah. I have a doctorate. It seems the phrase, I just I associate you. sweatiness with that phrase. Like, that's yeah. gross. Well, that's, yeah. But I get it. I it's, get it. But it's still achy. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. Blah. Um, okay, Merritt, how about you? Balance. You got it? I don't, no. I, I feel like what I can achieve is being slightly less imbalanced. Yes, less out of control. Yeah. That's not, nothing wrong with that. No, no, I guess so. It's it's at least it's kind of the keep moving forward idea. See, that's but. the problem is everybody thinks there's balance, but it doesn't exist. That's the illusion. That is what the people that sell us planners has taught. They've taught us. <laughs> <laughs> you, if you have a planner, you'll be balanced. But really, you're just still out of balance. You're navel gazing, and you've got a planner, and you're about to crash. I've bought probably 10 different kinds of like calendar planning yeah. apps, right, yeah. for my phone or iPad or whatever. How's like, that work? I'm going to organize. No, they all just eventually get deleted. I, sp- I know. Like, oh, that was a waste of $5 yeah. or whatever. But it's on this the concept app. that, you know what, I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah. This, this is the time. This is what I'm putting my life in order. Now is the time. I'm taking my life back. He's probably just spending so much time planning that. There's no balancing being done. Yeah. yeah, there's a quote there, right? I think that's called wishful thinking. Don't spend so much point. time. Uh, driving, you know, have you ever spent so much time driving you forgot to get gas? So people are always constantly moving that they never have time to put gas in. Well, there's also, I always get way obsessed with the methodology. You mean completionist? No, no. I always get, yes, well, this. I always <laughs> Please get. Please use your words. If you're going to really use interested your words. in my methodology, like, oh, yeah. I need to yeah. have a better workflow, mm-hmm. but I spend so much time. Concentrating on perfecting that, that I don't actually yeah. do anything. Yeah. Well, you so, got to get it right. You want to think, you want right. to measure before you cut. Right. Right. Measure twice, cut once. So you measure like 12 times, never cut. <laughs> exactly. Because you're too tired. Man, I'm tired of measuring. I'll, I'll cut tomorrow. I spent all that time organizing my DVD collection. Yeah. And now I have no time to watch anything. See, but that's what we do. We, we get actively involved in doing stupid stuff we don't need to do. But then we think, we pretend like it's important, but meanwhile, the family's still, you know, being ignored or the home or all these things. Then I think it causes guilt. Then we feel guilty. Then we feel like a loser. So even bringing this up, some of you are like, I know, I'm a loser. I hate my life. I hate my wife. That's a rhyme. Or a rap, depending where you are. None of us are married, so I don't know who you're talking I don't, about. I'm, not, I'm, like, I'm talking. Self-reflexive. Who are you guys? I hate my roommate. Yep. <laughs> So <laughs> hope you're listening, Dave. <laughs> I hate just it's funny. We get caught up. So I you know, it's sad. But I just want you to know my trip taught me we need to spend more time with our family. Actually I need to. And you all need, I guess, to spend time with your roommates. 
please no? <laughs> you need Can I get, please not? Yeah. <laughs> you need to get a life. That's all I got to say about Can that. Can I just stay at work all day? Now, Merritt, you did some research for us. I did. And it was just for you, Matt. Was it I was what? thinking of you. Because you said you came back from your vacation. Yeah. And you said it was too much. It was hard. It was, it was too imbalanced for you. Yeah. I mean, because it was... I go from not being with my family, then I go to eight or nine days straight with my family, which I loved, but I need, I'm a guy that needs a little space. Exactly. So I know you were an introvert, yes. and I'm an introvert, and I think most of us here. I'm an introvert in the radio studio, show. We're introverts. Which is a really bad mix. <laughs> anyway, but I found it's called The Introvert's Guide to Surviving a Family yes. Vacation or Get Together. Okay, so if you're out there in listener land and you are an introvert and you know you're going to be doing a family trip, and you know you're going to need some, you know, alone time. Yeah. This, these are the tips. Weddings, family reunions, uh, all those things summer. that seem to happen in summer. This is when the yeah. family creeps in on you. <laughs> that sounds bad. But... Okay, number one, yeah. have your own space. Yeah. So if you're staying in somebody's house, see if you can get your own room or your own bathroom. Totally. And if you just can't stand it. Just get your own hotel room. Totally. You'll be happier. But see, I tried and I said, I told the family, I'm going to go to my own hotel room. And they're like, Dad, we're at a house. Where are you going to – I'm like, I'm like yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I going know. to my own room in another city. <laughs> Leave me alone. But get your own – by the way, my wife did this. I didn't know. See, she does this. But all of a sudden, I'd be like, hey, where's mom? Where's mom? And they're like, I don't know. No one knew. But she was in her own little space in her room. It's a good technique. Cuddled up yeah. in the fetal position crying. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Okay, number two. Yeah. Is offer to help. And this is one that I do a lot. So if my family is like hosting a party or yeah. something, I'm like, we obviously need ice. Everyone- <laughs> Who needs ice? I'm going to go cut it's time an for ice, an ice strip. <laughs> do you, that's a great idea. Yeah. You offer help. Or you're like, oh, I, I, I have to do the dishes. No, I do so that a stop lot. this conversation. Yeah. I'm going to go do the dishes. Do we need corn dogs one yeah. city over? <laughs> I think we need corn dogs from one city over. I'm going to go. It's going to take me an hour to drive there. And Are I'm we out of find- butter? No, it's right here, Dad. Turn it. Okay. You, you got to pick something that they probably won't have yeah. or can have more of because you can never have too many corn no, dogs. You could even just help there. Well, see, this is. You don't have to leave. Yeah. But see, this is why I'm always the baker. It's like there are so many advantages of this. Yeah, you guys. I wouldn't do that. It's I like, wouldn't bake. Oh, I have to take the cookies out of the oven and then stay in the kitchen for another 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, that's a great trick. Yeah. What do you do if you don't bake, but you're more of an eater than a baker? <laughs> Can't talk with your mouthful. Oh. <laughs> I'm go. sorry. I'm Problem just solved. trying to eat the cookies. <laughs> Don't want anyone to feel bad. That's a good one. What other advice? Okay. Um, look after your health. Okay. Because introverts get stressed out when they're around tons of people. Like I could say, hey, daddy needs to go to the doctor. <laughs> I'll be back more in like, a day. More like you need a nap or you need to go oh, find true. something like to keep your blood sugar up or you need to go on a run. Where's dad's meds? Dad needs his meds. <laughs> okay. Avoid long car trips with people. Oh, see, we went so this, this one's inevitable. I feel Dude. like you're always going to end up on a long car trip with yeah. someone. You know, so there's something my dad's parents did, and I think this is really smart. I guess cost benefit. I found this little plan of action really smart. Whenever they did a road trip, yeah, they didn't do it in the day. They would start it at eight o'clock at I know. night. They, I, my brother-in-law does that. It That's a that? smart idea. They. they they had good results, yeah. Because you know, after an hour, everyone gets in, and the kids all fall asleep for nine my kids, hours. My kids wouldn't. My kids would all be up. Chloroform. Uh, the only one Put sleeping would be me, <laughs> as we're driving down the guardrail. Say, hey, kids, do these vents smell like chloroform to you. <laughs> I have done that several times. Everybody the road trip at your night. bandana on your face right now. <laughs> keep it, th- keep it there. <laughs> Breathe deep. Don't take it off, or Dad will know. 
I've done that road trip at night, leave at like yeah. midnight to go somewhere, and I find it much more effective. Actually, I, I, like I really it. like that. But I get I'm tired. I have, by the way, I learned something. Just so you know, for out there in listener land, you're not usually you're not allowed. Um, at least in Utah by the Utah Highway Patrol, to wear a headset while you're driving. You're not allowed to wear earphones while you're driving. Aren't you allowed to have, like, are you allowed to have one earphone uh, or something? Well, I thought the, that was a lot. Well, when the cop was pulling me over, <laughs> uh, he was just trying to pass me, but I I couldn't hear him. So I finally, he had to drive, like, on the shoulder and I finally saw him in my rear, my side mirrors. And then I pulled over. I moved over. And then he pulled up to the side of me and gave me the meanest look, basically telling me he's been following me for like four miles. <laughs> he actually held up the four. I didn't know what it meant. And um, and then he drove away mad with his lights and sirens blaring. But And then my kid who just got his driver's license says, yeah, dad, you can't do that. So that's another problem with your children in the car being awake is they correct you and they give you feedback on your But driving. not timely feedback. No. Where <laughs> was that feedback when I put the earphones on? I mean, when we did our feedback show, it yeah. was, I guess, yeah, you were yeah, here for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all about keeping it timely. Yeah. That was not timely. Not timely. Useless by not the time timely. you said it. Four minutes. Hey, where were they, what were they all doing? <laughs> right? I couldn't hear the cop, but I'm in the front of the car. Those guys were in the back of the car, they were closer, closer to the cop. Why couldn't they hear him? Why is it always my fault? What are they good for? When we go on family trips, all of my family, we're all introverted. Yeah. So we'll like talk for an hour, and then it's like iPod time for four yep. hours. Okay, thanks, so, Dad. Good night. Everyone has that. Cool, talking over, yep. good. <laughs> Gone. Yeah. That's, it's that's like, true. It's pretty, that's what ours like, would do. We would it's cycle. It's clean cut. Yeah, it's like now it is time to be quiet, and we'll but, be quiet for like three hours, and then it's time to talk, isn't and then that, we'll enjoy but see, each other. In the old days, you'd play games, license plates. You play the last Yeah, my little like, sister bye. tries to get me to do that. Yeah. It happens for like three seconds, and then I pretend to be asleep. Ours turned that into bad? a fight. Probably. Any more little bitties, ditties? Okay, I like this one. Try to have your own transportation. I tried. <laughs> I so tried. I'm like, you guys go. If you stay on I-15, you'll get to San Diego. I'll meet you there on an airplane. Pick me up. <laughs> Pick me up at John Wayne Airport. <laughs> you guys rent this car. Uh, I'm renting this motorcycle. They wouldn't have it. Oh, the mo- that would have been great. Because you can't really take passengers on a motorcycle. Somebody's got to take the bike. Somebody. <laughs> you guys want a bike there or not? Anyway, that's sad. Here's one. Try to sit next to people you actually like talking to during meals <laughs> and other events. Sometimes you have no control over this. Well, and sometimes it's there true. are no people. Yeah. You like talking. Sometimes there's no options. <laughs> You're like, uh, I'll be in the kitchen with the kids. I'm, I'm going to just eat with the kids today. That's so sad. Yeah. I like my family. Okay, last one. Yes. Don't be afraid to go grab some, air quotes, fresh air Yeah. when you need to. Yeah. Well, in a so car full of boys, yourself. we needed fresh Danger. air. Danger. <laughs> that was like, and we went through the desert. 104 degrees. Swampy. That's what, make, that's what I think. Swampy. That seems Swampy's like a swampy really, drive. Yeah. It's like, who took their shoes off? All Whose of feet are those? Those smell. <laughs> oh, man. Balance. Okay, so today we're talking about balance. Those, are you done? Those are good. I want to keep that. I'm done. You can keep it. Can it's I for frame you. that? Yeah, we're going to frame it. Is there music? I hear music. Holy cow, Skyboy. You're trying to help us balance our show. Today we're talking about how to balance work and family. We'll be back with a little rantage from our own Bryce Tobin. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. How do you make a clean room without sealing it? Make the roof out of air, of course. 
This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. The term clean room usually implies a sealed box with heavy-duty air filtration. Engineers working with space hardware at the Kennedy Space Center are experimenting with a portable clean room that has no ceiling. They need that feature so that the giant cranes that move components around inside the vehicle assembly building can reach in and move a large item like the Orion space capsule. You can't do that with a regular clean room. And the VAB is a pretty dusty place with its own indoor weather, making it hard to keep particles off of a spaceship as you work on it. The experimental hardware is made of two 10-foot-high opposing walls full of heavy-duty fans and filters. Plastic panel walls on the other two sides allow you to see inside. The flow of air from one fan wall to the other is so strong, like a curtain of air, that it keeps any falling dust from settling on the capsule inside. But the VAB's heavy-duty cranes can still reach in at any time. Engineers are looking forward to seeing just how well it works in the test. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Through the Garage Door is BYU Radio's look into rock and roll, where we play songs and the music we're passionate about. We need, the reason we listen to music is what it makes us feel. I mean, sure, it's, it's fun when music makes us think, but what, it, what we're really going for is what it makes us feel. Through the Garage Door airs on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern, only here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about balancing your life, your work, your family, prioritizing all that stuff. We've got a great expert coming in to join us in a few minutes. But before we do that, we always like to go to our own Bryce Tobin. Bryce, apparently you've got a prioritizing issue. I don't. No, no, I get it. This is your rant about people that do have a prioritizing issue. Absolutely. Bing! Let's listen to Bryce. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce's Right. Let's talk about words. Words can be nice. We say lots of words. Things like I love you, or you're important to me, or I'm here for you. But ultimately, we have words to convey the thoughts we have in our heads. So let's talk about thoughts. Thoughts can be nice too. We can imagine all kinds of things. We can also feel all sorts of things. There aren't many limitations on the mind. It's an amazing thing to live with. And what do thoughts lead to? They lead to actions. Now let's talk about action. Action is nice, just like thoughts and words, but action is better. Because of the three, action is the only one that really matters. Because it's actually something. With your words you can lie, thoughts can deceive, but actions do neither. Which is why I've learned you love with your actions. So let's break this down into examples I run into far too often. Examples such as, Isn't reality TV the worst? Golly, it's just a parade of dysfunctionality that does nothing substantial for the human race. When I hear sentences like this, I get the feeling this person dislikes reality TV. I don't know, maybe I'm misinterpreting things, but I'm always surprised when I find that they will watch reality TV. I don't care how much you say you don't like it. With the catalog of things you can do for at least 30 minutes to an hour, whether useful or not, you voluntarily chose to watch reality TV. 
You gave it your time, one of your most precious resources, and no matter what virtues you extol from your mouth, with your actions you let reality TV know just how much you really love it. But let's combine the unreliability of words with self-inflicted thought deception, something I see a lot with my young adult peers. These two people are dating in a serious fashion, but one person is always taking extra assignments from work, traveling out of town, going to family get-togethers, hanging out with friends, and the other person, their significant other, isn't feeling so significant when they're always getting left behind. Especially when all they hear is complaints about work, the constant travel mishaps, how irritating their family is, or how dumb their friends are. Huh. Makes you wonder how they feel about you when they only have negative things to report about the people and situations that actually get their attention. But nah, maybe I'm just being dramatic and overanalyzing things. I must just be making a lot of assumptions based on incomplete information. Maybe. Because you always tell this person how much you love them. And in your brain, you think and you feel like you love this person. And that's nice. But unless you get your act together and start loving someone, neglect will set in. And the other person will volunteer to become someone else's significant other in the hopes that they will be treated significantly. It all comes down to a simple idea. You love what you prioritize, and you prioritize what you love. Actions hold weight. Thoughts don't. Words don't. They're nice, but they don't hold weight. No matter what, there's going to be a cost on your decisions. When you decide not to stay at work to help with something so that you can be home to eat dinner with your wife, you're quite literally saying to your job, you're less important to me than my wife. And I feel like the source of this problem is having to decide between good and better things. When someone invites you to go hitting mailboxes out of a moving car, on the same night your mom invited you to be at your six-year-old niece's birthday party, that's not really a hard decision for an adult to make. One is fun, juvenile, a bit dangerous, but illegal. The other choice may not be all that much fun, but it's important, it'll be a good memory, and it's far less likely to land you in jail. But when it's between work and something your kid is doing, neither choice is bad. Maybe you'll do something amazing at work that'll cause your career to skyrocket. But let's get real, you probably won't. If you're home, maybe you'll have some time with your kid that'll change their life. But in reality, you probably won't. And therein lies the key to understanding the connection between what you really love and prioritization. When one choice isn't significantly better than the other, what is it that pushes you over the edge to choose one? And that is how you know which one's really important to you. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Do you own a planner? No. You need a planner. You could be a planner guy. Uh, no, I no. That was planners. amazing. But Bryce, The Bachelor is such compelling TV. I'm I'm don't not. Don't tell me you don't watch The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me you don't watch The Bachelor, Bryce. Come on. Um, I don't watch The Bachelor. It's The Bachelorette. He loves. <laughs> different. So different. <laughs> As, uh, that was really profound. Feelings, thoughts, words, actions. Look at you. I'm, but you made fun of feelings, like they don't matter. Um, feelings have their place, but feelings don't do anything. Keep them out of something. my cold heart. <laughs> is that what you meant? I like it, the idea of actions because that's it, actions speak louder than words. Have you heard that? I have. I have heard that phrase. It's a great. But phrase. have you done that phrase? Never. Have you? No? Have you acted? But see, that's it, is that it's easier to just say what, you know, it would be really great to be with my family. I'm just trying to provide a living. And there's the justification. Then we build a story. We conjure a story. We have to conjure. Is that a word? That's a word. That is a word. I need a bing on that. Do we have a bing? But conjurist? Could we? I'm a conjurist. Conjurist? Okay, good. Yeah, conjurist. That's made up. Um, So today we're talking then about prioritizing, how to put first things first, how to kind of demystify or break up, I guess, the myth of balance. Because 
really, you're just saying if everyone would just do what they say they want to do or what they prioritize as number one, if we would just do that, that's what we trust. Quit talking about it. Quit feeling it. Quit. What was your other word? Thinking about it. Just do it. Just do it. Just, There's a quote for you. There, Have you ever heard of that one? Someone um, should use that. Just do it. I think it'd be a great some, like sporting some sports, good store. Athletic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should do that. Just do it. And then like a swoosh. <laughs> like a check mark. Like, like check. It's been just done. Just do it like check. Like on your to-do list. You oh, check man. Mark it off. You can almost see that on a shoe. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, well, there's an idea for you if you're a marketer out there. I throw that together. That's a million-dollar idea. You should have given that out for free. Million. Billion-dollar idea. So today we're going to be bringing on Reverend Janine Macklin is coming up next. She is a uh, has a master's in social work and is a licensed clinical social worker, also the author of Let's Get You Happy First. She's going to break up this balance myth and teach us how to prioritize. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. The 2013 football season is right around the corner. Touchdown! Get ready for the season with BYU Football Media Day. Now we get back to the football part of it. It all begins at noon Eastern with the state of the program, followed by BYU Radio's continuing coverage throughout the day. A lasting program that is sustainable for a long, long time at the nation's top level. BYU Football Media Day, Wednesday, June 26th at noon Eastern. Here on your home for Cougar Sports, Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Top U.S. intelligence officials detailed how NSA surveillance has helped stop over 50 potential terrorist attacks at a congressional hearing today, including a planned attack on the New York Stock Exchange. Despite these reported successes, Google is now petitioning for permission to publish top-secret details of requests for information from government intelligence agencies. Google executives claim gag orders on the requests are a violation of First Amendment rights. The immigration reform bill in the Senate may end up dead on arrival in the House after Speaker John Boehner said today no immigration bill lacking Republican support will even make it to the floor. However, he added he would like to see immigration reform succeed. Chrysler is recalling nearly 3 million Jeeps after initially disagreeing with a call from national authorities to do so. Safety officials say the vehicles can catch fire if rear-ended, and while the recall has been officially issued, Chrysler still disagrees with that assessment. As North Carolina's first Republican legislature in over a century continues a conservative shift, weekly protests have started, but lawmakers are holding their ground. Nearly 500 people have been arrested over the last seven weeks at demonstrations outside the legislative building. New Hampshire is near joining the rest of New England in allowing medicinal marijuana use. A bill backed by the state's governor now looks set to pass in both houses of the state legislature. In world news, widespread protests in Brazil turned violent last night as 200,000 demonstrators began burning cars and tearing up buildings in Rio de Janeiro. Police responded swiftly with rubber bullets and tear gas. U.S. and Afghan officials are going to begin peace talks with Taliban leaders in the nation as early as next week. The new plan comes on the heels of Afghan forces taking full responsibility for the nation's security today. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall.
Welcome back, friends. Glad you've prioritized us and put us at the top of your list. This is the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, your life coach. And today we are taking on one of the biggest issues of life, uh, which is very simply making it all work. How do we get everything done we know we need to do or that, you know, everybody tells us we need to do? How do we force it into one compact set of time? And how do we not get sidetracked by all the distractions, the, you know, the shiny, glimmering things that distract us and take away our attention? You know, the fun things that would make life so much easier, the things that we can medicate with and not have to worry about our other deeper, more important things. Sometimes the most important things we have to deal with aren't fun. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but sometimes life isn't fun. Sometimes it's just work. You with me, Skyboy? Yes, I am. Sometimes things are just work and they aren't fun. You're not listening, but you're repeating what I'm saying, which is amazing. That means I'm listening. If I repeat what you say... I have to be listening. No, because you can replay and re- you can just I'll say. Let my, I'll let my actions show you that I was listening, your not act, just my you words. You were yawning. I wasn't yawning that and Your earlier. eyes were rolling back. <sighs> you were losing consciousness. I can multitask. I'm really good at multitasking. I'm good at yawning. Let's ask and- Janine if that's even true because some people, they, they, they say you can't multitask. Let's ask her. Let's bring her on. Okay, here we're going to bring on Reverend Janine Macklin. She's a widely <laughs> requested speaker. How are you, Janine? I'm great. How are you two? We're doing great. We're trying to figure out if you can multitask. Not you, but humans in general. Do you believe we in that? We think we can. We think we can. Yeah, we I really think, think we're... we can. And for the most part, we try and do it, but I don't know what really gets our quality time. Yeah, I, I think that's the key. Because huh? to me, I'm not going to really choose things well, but if something comes up and interrupts me, I'll take it every time. Okay. It, it's sad, yeah, so but it's like the interruption's we... easier for me. Yeah, we think we can. We tell ourselves we can. But like you guys were saying earlier, you can't really multitask no. and have some quality to it. No. Yeah. Like, but you know what? This is what blows my mind. I just drove 2,000 miles. I saw people driving a car with, yeah. I don't know, I, they're probably 3,000 pounds going, mm-hmm. I don't know, 80 miles an hour. I was going right. faster. And um, they're multitasking. They're texting. Yeah. They're, I, saw a, I saw a lady making an omelet. <laughs> which was blew my mind. But they're driving a car really fast across the desert, and they're actually not paying attention. Of all things right. we should be prioritizing is our driving. Yeah, we're operating a piece of equipment. Yeah, it's crazy. A piece of equipment that could actually kill someone. Yeah. So talk and about prioritizing. We have prioritizing. told ourselves and convinced ourselves that we're so good at it. Yeah. That we have split-second yeah. response that we will be able to stop the car fast well, enough. And we also know everything that could happen. We're not oh, yeah. kids. All the possibilities that yeah. could happen. What is the worst thing that could happen driving a car 80 miles an hour? You I don't know. know. A tire? We kill ourselves. Yeah. Your kid could be choking on a nugget, and you got to get in the back seat and do the Heimlich. But I would probably not even pull over. <laughs> Janine, it's messed up. Now, you've written a book. You're going to help us because um, we really need your insight here. You have written a book. You've written two books, Faith the Size of a Mustard Seed and Let's Get You Happy First. But you've been a social worker. You're a licensed clinical social worker. You're a reverend. You um, are the leader and the founder of of Living in the Light Ministry, a spiritual community. By the way, if you want to go check out Janine's website, 
I highly recommend it, but you got to know how to spell her name because Janine, oh, yeah. your parents did a number on you on this one. Didn't they? Didn't they, Matt? Oh my God. <laughs> Janine, Jay. <laughs> All the time I was growing up, I, I thought bet. that same thing. What did people say? How did, they not, just say they know how to spell it. They'll say, tell me your name. And then I tell them, they say, oh, spell your last name. I'm like, really? You think you know how to spell it? You my have name? no idea how to spell my first <laughs> first name is J-E-N-E-N-N-E. Like Janine, Janine, J-E-N-E-N-N-E, Macklin, M-A-C-K-L-I-N, J-E-N-E-N-N-E, Macklin.com. But check out her site, really, because it's got a lot of great stuff on it. Janine, talk about prioritizing with us. What, what's the big deal? I mean, why is it so hard for us to stay focused on what we say is important to us? You know, I don't know that it's really that hard. It's like you were saying about the distractions. You know, distractions come, and we just kind of float away with whatever comes. So if we don't have a clarity about our vision, if we don't have a sense of where it is that we're heading, you know, where we're going, then it's like the least little thing can come along, and we'll say, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Or, okay, well, maybe I'll do that. And we lose our focus. Yeah. So if we have a vision, if we have a clear plan, even for a mom with her family, because I think moms are mom Entrepreneurs, just like entrepreneurs, yeah. their family is their business. It's their company. They have to manage the money. They have to take care of the bills. They have to manage the attitudes. They have to manage the staff, so to speak. The yeah. people who wash the dishes and clean the. Cl- you got to fire people. You got to fire people. You got to give people reprimands. That's discipline. Right. You know, moms are doing all of that. So I, I remember saying to mom, "What's the vision for your company? What's the vision for your family? What's the priority for your family?" Sure, you can be busy and do a lot of things. The world offers us. So many options and so many possibilities, but what's the one or two main priorities? And when you operate from those priorities, it makes it easier to then decide what you're going to do and how you're going to use your time. Well, and let's say you fail miserably at the vision idea. You still are doing better than having no vision. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so even just a little vision. Yeah. (laughs) I just want us to be able to communicate. I want us to have dinner time together at the table. I want us to, you know, not rush every single place that we go that we have to get to. There's some simple things that you could say about how you want the quality of your life to be that then can govern and dictate, as someone saying earlier, actions that you take. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's, I, I guess part of this is really truly making understanding you're an agent in all of this, that you really have a role. Life's just not going to, we're not going to just let life act on us. We're going to go start acting on life. That's the choice we get to make. Some yeah. people walking around as if they have a target on their back and life is happening to them. Yeah. So, oh, poor me. Oh, look, I'm just ducking and dodging the target. Then you have other people who recognize, you know, life happens through me based on kind of what you guys are saying, the thoughts you think, the words you speak, and the actions you either do or do not take. You decide what's going to happen. No, I That's love a that. That's a powerful position to be in. To me, life happens that. to me or life happens through me. That is a great right. alliteration. It's funny. We, we really prefer the to me because huh? it, it takes all my responsibility away. I'm not responsible You're for good. any of the misery. You're good. Absolutely, it takes it away. I can blame it on my mom, my past, my alcoholic father, my abuse. I can blame it on everything else except for me and, and taking that responsibility. Well, and what's wrong with that? I mean, because I mean, yeah, really, that's really what we're, we're going to blame. Yeah, that's true. That's it, huh? Because if you can't be for the, if you can't be responsible for the bad, you can't oh. be responsible for the good. 
for the good. I mean, if when that's the key thing, I like that. So when I'm in the driver's seat, when you're in the driver's seat, I get to respons- be responsible for the good or what we call the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. However, sidebar, how many times do we look at the bad and realize that it actually was for our good? Right. But nonetheless, I get to be responsible for both. But if I'm putting it on everyone else, they get to be responsible for the bad, and then I get to just be responsible for the good things. See, it's wouldn't safe, that be handy? Comfortable. Yeah. I, I think that's that's it. I think that comes – don't you think that's the core of the prioritizing problem is to first recognize that you're the source of the change and the problem? Even if you don't cause all your problems, you're the source out. You're the choice maker. That's, that's I mean, it. You can then – you can direct yourself to God and to other things, but he still needs us to be agents down here, right? Absolutely. We've been given that power. I mean, that's one of the greatest powers that we have. And although we may not have realized it because maybe parents were taking care of us, but at some point we became young adults and then full-fledged adults. Yeah. That's what we get to do. We are that change on both sides of it. Powerful. On both sides of it. I was saying the other day, we either get to say yes or no. Two powerful words, but you want to always remember, and I want your audience to hear this, whatever you say no to someone else or yes to someone else, you're saying no to yourself. Yeah. You want to be mindful. If you're saying yes to this person, yes, 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 then you're saying no to yourself, and you very well may be saying no to your priorities. Right, and it matters not why you say no. Like, I had a client in my office today that didn't feel like they could say anything but yes. Mm-hmm. And in the end, okay, you're right. Because of the way you guys have communicated and the, the fact that you fight so much, you felt obligated to always say yes, but inherently you're still saying no to yourself. No to yourself. Yeah. The yes that you're saying to them, you know this since it's your client. It's probably filled and dripping with resentment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's not serving either one of them. It's not pure, right? It's not. It's not serving either one of them. The person who's getting the yes, it just lets them off the hook. And deep down, they've got to know you're not in. They know it. You're just complying because of the aggression. Yeah, they know it. Yeah. So nobody gets to be authentic. Nobody gets to stand up in that and really say, well, let's grow up and let's be responsible for the life that we choose to live. Yeah. Maybe a little different, but it's at least knowing that you get to be the one in the driver's seat. Grow up. I love that. <laughs> Janine, you just said it. You just let's just grow up. I, I've been telling my kids that for years. They don't listen. How old are they? Matt? They're thirty, forty, and thirty eight. Okay. No. Okay. They're all under twenty. But okay. now they're 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 growing up, you know, they're all doing their own thing, but it's it's not even just it's every single one of us. I need to grow up. Everyone needs to just grow up and, and take a hold of your life and let's start doing something with it. I almost want to say they need to wake up. Sometimes I think yeah. they're in a, a lull to sleep. Yeah. For like little, the show on TV that I haven't ever looked at, but I know the name of it. Yeah, right. Zombie. And we're, Z- yeah. <laughs> What's with the zombies? I've heard that one before, huh? Yeah. It's called zombie, and people are just walking around in a trance. Well, my mother did it, so I'm going to do it, or my yeah. father did it, I'm going to do it. No one wants to get off that road, off that track. To say, hey, what's over here on this side, and how do I want my life to be, and how can I contribute in a very unique way to the universe, to my life, to my family, to my friends, to my colleagues, to my community? Love it. I mean, really, we don't have to walk like a zombie, be a zombie, brainless followers. Um, The world needs some leaders. The world needs some people to wake up. 
And the cool thing is, Janine, like, for example, with you, when you wake up, and you probably see this as a reverend and a minister, you end up being able to motivate your congregation to wake up, and they can motivate others to wake up. I mean, it's contagious. Oh, absolutely. It trickles down. And we like it. Mm-hmm. We enjoy it. The, 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 the issue becomes, and I said this for a client the other day, how do we stay consistently focused to it? Because I'm not going to go home with everybody in my congregation. No. Or, all the people that I do my coaching with or whoever I speak to in my audience. So how do they then take that information and integrate it and keep themselves motivated and consistently focused on where they want to go and that joy? I love it. And I then, tapped into something that was already there that's already within them. I didn't give them anything. Yeah, right. When you wake up and know it's within you, then you tap into it as well. So powerful. We are talking with uh, Janine Macklin. You got to go to her website, J E N E N N E, Macklin, M A C K L I N dot com. We'll be back with Reverend Macklin in a minute, and we're going to get more into this. She's going to teach us about the myth of doing it all, how to start actually waking up. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Ghost implants, bioelectronics that can heal you from the inside and then vanish. Take a look before it disappears. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Transient electronic device. That's what DARPA researchers call this new family of electronics that can be implanted in a human body and then dissolve away completely in anything from weeks to minutes. The TEDs are made of materials that dissolve in water and can be absorbed by the body. Prototypes use a sandwich of silicon, magnesium circuitry, and silk. What the devices are used for can vary, as can their lifespans. They might make fast and easy ways to wirelessly track vital signs on patients. One of the test applications is a sort of electronic wound cleaner or a protective barrier around things like pacemakers or artificial joints. Bacteria keep evolving and adapting to antibiotics faster than new ones can be invented, but they can't learn to beat an electronic system that doesn't use chemicals. A TED implant could keep a surgical site clear of infections electronically from within, as well as track and report problems from inside the wound to doctors in their office. And when its job is done, like a ghost, it just fades away. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Get your business in the game and sponsor Cougar Sports on BYU Radio and BYU TV. For more information, call 801-422-1448 or email corporate support at byu.edu. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are learning about how to wake up, my friends. Wake up and get off your duff and start getting your life back. Uh, There's too many good things that we're just letting pass by because we're not in our lives. We're not prioritizing. We are talking with Reverend Janine Macklin, who is a widely uh, sought-after speaker and spiritual teacher. She's the author of two books, Faith the Size of a Mustard Seed, and Let's Get You Happy First. Uh, Janine has a master's in social work, is also a licensed clinical social worker. Janine, thanks for joining us. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. You guys are great. Well, this is tons of fun, and I I love this topic. 
Um, it just seems like, I don't know, maybe it's the Western civilization. We're just so into accomplishment, aren't we? Like, get, we we, we, we got to do it all. It. What was that? Yeah, that's how we define ourselves. That's oh, how we yeah. define ourselves. <laughs> and it's the myth, right? I mean, so I define myself okay. by my car, by my career, by my house. Good by the track. way, the sprinklers aren't working. Um, all this Stay stuff. Break. Yeah, the car gets a crash. Yeah, the job you get fired. The sprinklers they break, and now what? Yeah, now my lawn's I mean, that's dying. That's what actually happened in, in the in the world in the last probably four or five years. It completely changed on us. Yeah, and people had to then say, "Oh my gosh, well, what am I worth?" And so many people thought they weren't, or they still think they're not worth anything because they didn't. They lost their jobs. Yeah, they plan on this. You know, I'm going to work for the county, state, federal government position. I'm going to retire. The whole plan and all that changed. And it really called us to look at our lives and find for ourselves what's our worth and what's our value. And all of it's been defined outside of us. Yeah. And it's really and not. It's, it's, that, uh, yeah. it's that essence. That's the thing that, yeah. it, that matters is that essence inside us. Absolutely. But we haven't connected with that, and we don't recognize that. It's almost like uh, my, my book that you mentioned, Let's Get You Happy First, I talk about in there how we kind of layered over that essence, and we've completely forgotten that it was there. Yeah, to put so a we shell are on, on it. This mad, yeah, we're on this mad search to try and find something, and when I find it, I'll be there, and I'll be happy, and I'll be fulfilled and satisfied, and it's right there inside of us. We came here on the planet with it. Yeah. It's not a six-pack? It's not our abs? Uh, That'll look good, though, but nope, that is not it. <laughs> Isn't it funny, though? Abs, then you have to go work on the tight triceps and your biceps uh, and do some squats. I mean, it never uh, ends because it's endless. It's not worth it. If we work on the <laughs> inside, then, but the inside yeah. will eventually come out. And it's really, it's really that inside. It's the essence. It's that peace. It's being focused and really and focused on what matters most really is the key versus trying to do it all. Right. That's it. The world is constantly evolving. There will always be the all. It's like an infinite playground of possibilities, a kid in a candy store. Right. You get to choose and prioritize it. And, you know, I help people do that real simple. I tell people, get, get still, get quiet. And if you went to the doctor today and they told you you had 24 hours to live, what would you want to do in that 24 hours? Oh, they have no problems getting laser sharp. I want to see yeah. my son. I want to see my family. Or I want to see my children, my wife. Um, I want to have the whole family get together and have a get-together with the family. So, that it, you know, we can prioritize it. We know what it is. Yeah. We just choose to do other things and get distracted. And unfortunately, allow that kind of wake-up call, an illness, someone making their transition, something like that to happen to make us think, oh, wow, that's right, it's not guaranteed, huh? Hmm. Isn't it amazing how you take it to the extremes of life, to birth or to death, to death. And right. we get very focused, don't we? Like when you see a baby born and you're holding your baby for the first time, life's very clear. And it's not very. about everything else. It's about that baby and it's about being the best role model you can. And then when you're to, when you're at the other gate of death, you're um, you're very clear. It's it's all the in between where we get gummed up. Right. Hmm. Yeah. How do we stay yeah. focused? I mean. I guess part of that is just blowing up the illusion that you can have it all. Because Well, you gotta define what that all is. Yeah. What's your all? Your all is one thing, you know, my all is my family and my my son, oh my gosh. And everything else and serving the women in my community or serving 
the people I coach, that's wonderful. It's the extra, it's the cherry on top, but what's your all? Now, if your all is, you know, some list of <laughs> yeah. 10 or stuff. 15 things of stuff. Body parts. Your <laughs> I mean, that's what it is, is we make a list of, yeah, I want a new eyebrow, I, whatever. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, I want a new new facelift. Yeah. It's interesting. That's all we, we, just a sidebar. We talk about that about women, but what about men? They want a new what? Car. Okay, cool. Okay, so new <laughs> is that, car. Is that where you were going? Because I'd want a, a car. I'd want a, I would. I'd want a computer. I'd want yeah, a television okay. that you could never lose the remote. Stuff like that. Oh, that'd be great, huh? It would find itself or find you? It would just walk to me like a dog. Right, nice. Cuddle up next here, to me. Here, Matt, here I am. You'll never <laughs> worry about me again. But it's, notice That's that's it. all things, it's huh? Those all. are all tangibles. They're all tangibles. And, we, and it's like you said, you, we lose them. <laughs> we yeah. can't find them. They stop working. They break down. Yeah. They yeah. get old. So when we define our, oh, yeah. <laughs> we want yeah. to talk about they get old and they no. look different. And yeah. They start to shape different. When we define our all, that helps us get really clear on what the all is. How and do then, you do that? How do you define your all? I think all? It, it's what resonates within you. See, some of the stuff, we want it. We just want it because everybody else has it. Or because yeah. we're caught up in the flow of the marketing, the advertising on TV. If you look at TV, it's like this lull to say, go buy, go buy, go buy. You have to have. It's excellent strategy of what they do. But that doesn't necessarily resonate inside at the core of your being. Those things that resonate, usually it's around service. It's around, you know, your heart, making your heart sing. Those are the things that really are all. Mm-hmm. We have to just pause for the moment and take the time to identify that. But most people, you know, are moving so fast that they don't know they're all anymore. You know, it's so true. Um, the, I love the word resonate, too, because y- you know when you're in the groove of what's right because you feel the peace. Mm-hmm. And you know when you're out of the groove because you just feel the dissonance. Right. Um, it, and it seems like the thing that... Uh, the thing we also have to be putting first somehow is it's us. It's our own health. It's our own physical, spiritual, social, emotional well-being. If we're not a strong instrument, everything else is going to fall apart. Well, that was what prompted me to write, you know, Let's Get You Happy First, for my own experience of doing for others and taking care of others and being there for others and putting everyone else first and being able to complete their sentences, although I was probably completing it with the wrong words <laughs> and thinking I knew what they wanted. Yeah. And so, you know, one day I said something to someone in a disagreement, and I was like, well, I do this for you and I do that for you. And they said back to me, I didn't ask you to. Mm. Bam! I thought... Oh, what was I, I doing? Think <laughs> yeah. About why am I doing all this? Yeah. And it was really more for me. Mm-hmm. So then I had to get clear about okay, let me focus on me. Let me focus on my worth and my value and the thoughts that I'm thinking. Let me turn this around and get me where I need to be, and then I'll be a better. You could fill in the blank: a mother, yeah. lover, teacher, coworker, friend, minister. And that's hard for women because we are so programmed to take care of and think about everyone else. Right. It's just what we do. I was at a conference this weekend, and so much of what I heard from the women is, well, I do what my mom do, and I just can't seem to get myself on my to-do list. I thought, gosh, yeah. we, must, we need to be first on that list, because then everything else goes and happens from that. That's so true. It really is. It's, um, in a way, I wonder, too, if it's not, we end up doing the things that are easiest for us to do. 
Like it might be easier for us to just kind of do the dishes and um, get in the zone, kind of the the mesmerized, thoughtless zone of serving someone than actually not doing all of that and sitting with them and just relating. Wow, Matt, you're good. I'm telling you, girl. I know. You're good, because that's what I was doing. I was so busy washing and cleaning and the dishes had to be cleaned yeah. after dinner, and this had to be done. And instead of sitting there, and basically what I ended up saying is, I'm unhappy. Yeah. So what now what happens? See, and that's what so many people want to say, but they're afraid to say it. Or, this isn't working, or I want to do this different, or let's, you know, we don't want to interact. Right. So we stay busy. And yeah, and, and then all of a sudden, you, you actually feel tired at the end of the day, but you're no closer to the people around you. You're no closer to your end in mind, your end goal. You're just exhausted. Yeah, washing a dish has never, at least in my experience of years, really brought more love and intimacy to the relationship. Yeah. (laughs) Washing the clothes really didn't. Matter of fact, you can go make love, have a wonderful conversation, and the dishes will get done, the clothes will get washed, and you'll probably do it together as a team and be happy. Right. Versus doing all that stuff, yeah. then tired, and then sitting down on the couch, sitting there in front of a TV, and you haven't said and done anything. Will, will you call my wife? <laughs> you need to talk to her. But it's the funny thing about it, honestly, is the, but we're busily engaged doing stuff we shouldn't, that, don't, that doesn't even matter. So we're, we're right. exhausted at the end of the day. Which it doesn't would, serve us. It doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve anyone. We're busy being busy. It's almost like there was a movie years ago. Shirley MacLaine was in it. I think it was called Dancing as Fast as I Can. We're dancing as fast as we can because we know if we slow down and get still, we're going to have to deal with what it is we don't want to deal with. Yes. We're going to have to feel, although I heard the thoughts about feeling earlier, yeah. we have to feel what we don't want to feel. And then we will have to take some action about what that is. So yeah. we just stay busy. And then, uh, you know what? And it has this sound, la, 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 la. It sounds like that. <laughs> we're just trying to, like, distract ourselves. I'm busy. I'm busy. But the, what's funny is we're literally burning ourselves out because if we were that actively engaged doing something that is our mission and our purpose and our vision, we would be able to do so much more of it. We, we wouldn't tire as much. We wouldn't be no. as depressed. We wouldn't be as anxious. We would be in flow. We would be in sync, in peace. We would, because it would be an exchange. Yeah. If we give out, there's something being given back. Dishes aren't giving us anything back unless you're someone who can do a mindful meditation and recognize the beauty in the universe while you're doing it, but that's not the case when right. people are doing dishes. The laundry's not giving anything back, again, unless you can recognize the beauty and the splendor of all that. No, you're just throwing the clothes in there, you're doing the dishes, and you're probably mad you're doing them or thinking about yeah. something else while you're doing them. We're not present. And we're not participating in any kind of exchange in the process. That I love that word. As well. I love that word, exchange. Um, let's do this, Janine. We're going to come back, and I want you to teach us how to stay present and motivated. And I, I know okay. you got a plan. I know you got a way to do it. Go visit Janine's website, J-E-N-E-N-N-E, Macklin, M-A-C-K-L-I-N, JanineMacklin.com. The great Reverend Janine Macklin, uh, author of Let's Get You Happy First. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. KBYU FM, HD2 Provo. 
On Thinking Aloud, you can hear host Marcus Smith talk with guests about a variety of topics. The subjects can range from superheroes to religion, sometimes even in the same conversation. One of the things that I have learned through studying superheroes and thinking about superheroes is that genuine spirituality is actually harder to do than a certain kind of orthodox religiosity. Join us for Thinking Loud at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Top U.S. intelligence officials detailed how NSA surveillance has helped stop over 50 potential terrorist attacks at a congressional hearing earlier today, including a planned attack on the New York Stock Exchange. Despite these reported successes, Google is now petitioning for permission to publish top-secret details of requests for information from government intelligence agencies. Google executives claim gag orders on the requests are a violation of First Amendment rights. The immigration reform bill in the Senate may end up dead on arrival in the House after Speaker John Boehner said today no immigration bill lacking Republican support will even make it to the floor. However, he also added he would like to see reforms succeed. After initially disputing concerns from safety authorities, Chrysler is now recalling nearly 3 million Jeep vehicles due to the possibility the cars could catch fire after a rear-end collision. As North Carolina's first Republican legislature in over a century continues a conservative shift, weekly protests have started in the state, but lawmakers are holding their ground. Nearly 500 people have been arrested over the last seven weeks at demonstrations outside the legislative building. New Hampshire is near joining the rest of New England in allowing medicinal marijuana use. A bill backed by the state's governor now looks set to pass in both houses of the state legislature. In world news, protesters in Brazil turned violent last night, fueled by anger about government corruption and spending on the upcoming World Cup rather than social needs. Riot police responded with rubber bullets and tear gas. U.S. and Afghan officials are going to begin peace talks with Taliban leaders in the nation as early as next week. The new plan comes on the heels of Afghan forces taking full responsibility for the nation's security. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here. We are uh, talking about prioritizing time management, taking your life back, wake up, is uh, a phrase our guest has used, and now it's my favorite line of the day. Wake up! Um, What it is, life, there's an exchange, right? All you can really give is your time. All you can give is your choice, your agency. You're here for a certain amount of time on this crazy thing we call Earth, you get to make choices, don't you? And those choices will will create an exchange, is what we've been learning about, an exchange with our of peace, uh, an exchange of energy, an exchange of hope, an exchange of joy, and and by the way, an exchange of goodness on this Earth, where we're going to change our lives and other people's lives. And we're talking with our great guest, Reverend Janine Macklin, who is the author of "Let's Get You Happy First. And another book, Faith the Size of a Mustard Seed. Um, she has a master's degree. She's a licensed counseling social worker or clinical social worker. She also um, is an interdenominational minister and is the leader and founder of Living in Light, Living in the Light Ministry, a spiritual community. So, Janine, welcome to the show again. 
Yay, thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. Glad you stuck around. (laughs) What would we do without you? (laughs) We would just have to fill this with a bunch of talk. So, um, (laughs) Janine, fill us in on, because you're saying one of the keys is we have to be kind of, we have to be present in our life. We have to we have to actually be in the moment, right? And and that and that takes some serious motivation. Well, I guess if you're not happy with your life, or if you're unhappy, or if you want to stay busy and not you know really focus on what's happening in your life, but otherwise, if you've created all that we've said, if you recognize you're the person that's in charge, you're the one that gets to make the change, you're the one that has all this power, then why wouldn't you want to be in each moment yeah. of the life that you're living? Because each moment is going to be fun. It's going to be what, it, what it's going to be, what it's going to be, but you don't want to miss it. Yeah. Why would you want to miss a moment of your life? Well, that's the funny thing is how, how often is everyone just trying to do that very thing, trying to miss as yeah. much of their life as they can miss? It's possible, trying to get from where they are. If I can yeah. get away from here, where I am. And that's why the television, you know, becomes what it has become. You know, when I grew up, okay, we had like six to seven channels. Yeah. Now we have, what, 200 or 300 channels? Yeah. So you can literally zone out endlessly. Oh, yeah. Day after day yeah. after day after day. And I understand for some people they feel like their lives are so miserable, so uncomfortable, they have anxiety, they're on edge, they're unhappy. But we do have the power to have an impact on all of that. We said it with the thoughts we think. The words we speak are the actions we either do or do not want to take for our own happiness. See, it's almost like we we don't run our life like we do a business. Like in a business, we seem much more intentional about everything we do. Uh, but in well, our yeah, life, we just kind of yeah, we just live it, right? Because we, we I guess right. we've got a plan, we've got a goal. So tell me about this. Your family is a business model. Tell me about that. Just about how your family is a business. It's really just taking that. Um, intentionality, as you said, and move it to your family. Because when the intentionality around the business is whatever the end result is, if it's serving clients, but of course the bottom line is that there's going to be income to take care of the family. Right. But there's a focus, there are goals, there's objectives, there are certain thoughts that philosophy that goes along with the business, same thing with the family. There's certain words that are, are, are not said that are used to support the family, to encourage the family, and then there are certain actions that are taken. And if we can begin to look at our families in that kind of way so that we look at some kind of synergy and some kind of unity in the family where we really do sit down and say, okay, who's got a problem, who's not feeling good, or who's mad at their sister or brother, didn't like what mom or dad did, it may not result in a change in a consequence or things like that, but it will result in connectedness and communication. Right. Which then allows us the quality. We all want a certain quality of life, but we act like we can't have it. We act like we can't get it. It's out of reach. We don't have the resources, and we have everything we need. Oh, I love that. That's true. And and this just kind of makes it more... Focus. I mean, in, in a business, if you were having an issue, you would bring in the expert on that issue. And in our families, we don't always look at, we always kind of look at mom and dad as the expert, but some of your kids may have the talents or the gifts to handle certain things. I mean, we would delegate differently. We would, at business, we instruct people that, and of how to do stuff. We don't just do it for them. I mean, we, it's just, we sure. run it different. It's just such a different paradigm. It's- it is. It's completely different. If we do look to mom and dad, and then mom and dad look to each other, or they look to their parents. Now, I love grandparents, and but they grew up at a different time, and they yeah. have a different attitude. 
So that's where, you know, one of the first tips that I gave in staying motivated, I said get a coach, get a mentor, get someone who is a little bit further or who's kind of living the life that you want and the energy that you want. You want to kind of move around. Oh, Janine, are you there? I'm here. Oh, we lost you for a sec. So we, oh, okay. we get a coach, too. And then as you, as you move to move your family toward where it is that you say that you want to go and what you want your family to look like, because mom and dad don't have all the answers, and grandmom and grandpa don't have all the answers either. Right. Well, and the funny so thing is, is the answers are kind of in us, too. So we, we need to be true. able to get them out of us or have people around us that can help get, us, get it out of us, which is one of the good things about a good mentor or a good coach is their job is to stretch you and maybe not buy into Absolutely. every one of your stories. Oh, not yeah, if you could just drop your stories. Yeah. One of the first things you could do is drop the stories that keep running and running that don't even exist anymore and you couldn't put your finger on them if you had to. Yeah. Just drop the story. That would be a start. Wouldn't that be great? The next thing I had said is staying motivated was to harness your thoughts so that you recognize, I heard this years ago, and it's that you are the creator that creates the things. You're the, you're the creator that thinks the thoughts that creates the things in your life. Huh. You are. I can think whatever I want to about Matt. It's not going to create anything in Matt's life. It's only when Matt says it and thinks it, it's going to happen and show up. That's right. So when we can harness our thoughts, and part of it is dropping the stories, because those stories are old, outdated, not valid, and they don't serve you except for to keep you in your comfort zone. Well, and some of those stories that we've institutionalized in the family, like those are stories handed down from my parents and my grandparents. <laughs> so we, we've, it's, now the whole family buys the story. Which is what is keeps good. us, all, don't you think? And so all of a sudden, if I could have an outsider, a mentor or a coach, I mean, and this could just be a teacher, this could be just a guide, somebody that you care about that has the ability to get in your head and say, look, let's look at that differently. Absolutely. That is good. I like that. We've institutionalized them. We just pass them down from one generation to another, so that it becomes programming. Yeah. So no one steps out of that to say, hey, can we do it a different way? And then as soon as you do, it's like you pull it out, stretch it a little bit, and then everybody's like, nope, they want to push you back in and say, okay, but we know once something's been stretched, it's not going to go back. Right. It's not going to go back, and that's what we get to do when we have that support around us to say, you have something unique to offer, mom has something unique, the children have something unique, everyone has something unique to offer, and it will probably be different than what we think it should be. Yeah. But let's create a space for that to show up and lean into that in our lives and step into that. Wow, that's powerful, isn't it? Uh, the funny thing, we're not big in being stretched, are we? We, we, we <laughs> no, We're like, no, 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 that hurts. Don't stretch, don't stretch. Yeah. But yeah, what would like happen if we too. really got good at that? Wouldn't that be something? Because then we would really live that truth that we hear that the only thing we can count on is that things will change. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's happening all around us, and it'd be wonderful for us to be the change makers. So yeah. we're not feeling like we're acted on or act, being acted upon, but that we're the change makers. Just like when those old slippers just start to get a little dirty and they're not working, okay, let me get a new pair. And when those get in that same shape, okay, let, yeah. let me get a new pair. We're constantly looking to see how it can be bigger or grander or just more. That's, uh, that's probably the other reason, huh, that we don't ever slow down. We just, we don't want to have to actually assess how we're doing. Right, because if you're moving so fast, you know, you ask them, oh, such and such, what are you doing? How are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. I'm doing this. Or can you do this? Oh, no, I'm busy. I, I, I 
I would probably want to track how much you may hear someone say, oh, I'm busy, oh, I'm busy, or I have this, 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 and this. And you probably wonder, okay, what are you doing, and what is the quality of it for your life? Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I'm tired of being busy. (laughs) What are you busy doing? (laughs) So then the next staying motivated point was to have your vision, because your vision is what's in your heart, and get clear. Get some clarity about where it is that you want to go, and then take pit stops. I didn't say have layovers. I just said take a pit stop, just like they do yeah. when they're racing. Come in, get some rejuvenation, get refreshed, get regenerated, and then get back out there. And I'm ending up with where you guys began probably 30 minutes ago, which is you have to take the action. Right. The way we stay motivated is to take the action. You can think it. You can talk about it. You can even feel it and sit on the couch and still not take action. It's the darn action that we're all looking down the barrel of, huh? And it's, but that's what brings the joy in the end. That's what brings the movement. And even if your even if your action isn't perfect, I think the mere fact you're doing something changes you. It does, and I know that we're bumping up against sabotaging beliefs. I know we're bumping up against self-limiting beliefs. I know we're bumping up against programming and all those institutional stories, as you say. I know that. That's where your coach and your mentor comes in to help you move through those, identify those, so that you do still keep putting one foot in front of the other. It's your life. It's your life. You're here to to live it, to be it. But I want them to do it for me. Then you get mad when they do it. I know. (laughs) Look at how brilliant that really is. That is the perfect out, isn't it? No, you, I want my mom to do it because then when it doesn't go wrong, uh, right, I'm going to get on her case. Oh, yeah. Well, Mom, you made me do this. Yeah. You're the one that came up with the idea. And moms, in not taking care of themselves first, they fall into that oh, yeah. trap all the time. Or, ju- yeah, and just, or feeling like a failure that, you know, it doesn't matter what I do. It, it's never right anyway. So why act? Let's, why push movement? Let's just. Yeah, it's not good enough. Yeah. Isn't yeah, that... They won't like it. It's it's funny, and yet when it comes right down to it, it still just comes down to the vision, really. The, we need the motivator, right? We need the, we need the fire within. That's it, and we have it. So it's got to be, if it's... We're going to sit down and have dinner in our home four times a week put on these days, so everybody plan their schedule around that. I'm not going to... I guess I don't care about, but we'll be mindful of practices with coaches and all that. But if you practice with coach every day of the week, then the coaches have to understand on these days, this is what's going to happen with our family because this is what's important. Right. You know, I, I'm going to lose five pounds. Don't start off saying you're going to lose 50. Start with just the five or ten. And you're going to walk 30 minutes a day. You know, just have that vision. I'm going to go to sleep. Oh, moms, any of you listening, go to sleep. Get you some sleep. Shut down that house at nine o'clock and get in the bed. I'm going to get sleep three or four nights a week. Janine, the bachelor's on at nine. Recorded. We have technology. <laughs> get some sleep. Okay. I can't believe the bachelor's on at nine. <laughs> I don't know when it's on, but it sounded like a really good thing to say. And that's what some people say, too. I yeah. know. you got to see the bachelor. Um, oh, yeah. It's, the voice. It, yeah. It's a, uh, I, what's so funny is this is so predictable. The patterns are so predictable. But that question you asked earlier seems to be really core. Um, so if you had, what, what was the question? If you had, if you had one more if day you had to live. 24 hours. Yeah. 24 hours. You went to the doctor and you came out of there, starstruck in a daze. The doctor says you have 24 hours. And you're like, wow, how did that happen? 
Well, you know, what do you mean? You have 24 hours to live. I'd get a what credit card. What would you do with that time? I'd get a credit card, <laughs> and I would go buy a lot of stuff for my family. <laughs> no, that would be bad. I love it. I'd be at Walmart the it. day before I die for a whole day. <laughs> Oh, what a night. That's not a that's not heaven on earth, is it? Um, I don't think so because you want something quality for them after the fact. That's right. We want it to last. Uh, yeah, I, you want trading it in. I love that, and to what you said earlier, just about how it connects us to this. I mean, that power is already inside of us. So that question, that's a question. Is there all? Everyone's driving home tonight. Ask yourself that. Be very clear. What would you do in your final twenty four hours? And. And then I guess you're saying, go and do. Not only go and do, but allow that to become how you set your priorities. So that when all these things are coming to you, vying for your attention, trying to distract you, write it on a piece of paper, put it on your iPad, your phone, hang it in your car or on your mirror, so it brings on your desk, so it brings it back to this is what the priority is. Now work everything else around that priority. Yeah, how's it going to affect everything that? Everything else is a priority, and then you're going to try and fit in what's important. Right. That's not going to work. That won't work. I love it. And then you don't have to do everything, but if you could do a few things a day that lead to that vision, or at least connect to that vision, you're going to start to to receive the reward. That's the wonderful thing. Yeah. That's the wonderful Payday. thing. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to do everything. Some people may read an inspirational book. Some people may pray. Some people may just have... You know, quiet time in the house. You may just go for a walk. Not everything. Just some of those things. They automatically bring us an exchange that fills us up. And mm. it's amazing. Why wouldn't we do something that fills up us up instead of doing so many things that drain us? Yeah, right. Great question. We, this is the this is payday. This is how you get back to your essence, and and then it seems like you know line upon line, it's just going to build and build and build, and you're going to get stronger and stronger. Right. It just and it's just a practice. It's like anything else. Yeah. Got busy because we repeated the same things over and over. So I'm just asking you to shift your attention to something else and repeat that over and over. Yeah. And do it again tomorrow. Yes. And the next day. And the next day. And recognize how good it feels. Yep. Don't say, oh, yeah, that was okay, but I'm not sure. Okay, do it again tomorrow and see. Oh, I oh, tried that, Janine. Prove it wrong. Yeah. Prove it. Yeah. Prove it. Test it and out for a year. about it until you do it. Yes. Tell and me. And if it doesn't show up, if it doesn't feel good at those points, okay, then fine. Go back to what you're doing. Yeah. Love it. Janine, you're the best. Reverend Janine Macklin has joined us, um, author of the book, Let's Get You Happy First and Faith the Size of a Mustard Seed. Uh, Janine, they get you at your website, huh? That's it, yes. That would be it. She's a great coach, a great uh, a great life and, and spiritual leader. Janine Macklin. Go to www.jenenne.com. M-A-C-K-L-I-N, this is the Matt Townsend Show. You are listening to BYU Radio. A mission to Pluto turns into cosmic dodgeball when scientists discover new moons on the way to their target. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Pluto wasn't discovered until 1930, and we're still learning new things about it, including the fact that it's not at all alone out there. No, Pluto has a posse, and just this year, we discovered a fifth moon orbiting Pluto. 
That moon was completely unknown when New Horizons blasted off in 2006. The original flight plan assumed a course skimming closely between Pluto and its largest moon, Charon. But only now do we know it's heading into a cosmic dodgeball game with five moons, many smaller chunks of ice and rock, perhaps even a ring system around Pluto. After an almost 11-year flight, is the mission doomed even before it can get close enough for a good photo op? And maybe the new finds are a good thing. Can the mission be updated to also get data about these latest discoveries? The mission planning team has less than a thousand days to try to master the orbits of the new objects, adjust course to avoid debris clouds, and steer new horizons to play dodgeball between Pluto and Charon, which is about the size of Texas. That's gonna leave a mark. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping it up. We've been learning about how to balance uh, our lives, better prioritization, how to find our vision, stay motivated, and to quit yawning in my studio. Um, I'm just pointing out some people are yawning. This is uh, my favorite uh, part of the show. I don't know if that's true. That's not true. I just loved Janine's conversation, so that's not true. Um, this is where we do my uh, this little Internet Asks Matt. Uh, the Internet is this interconnected web of people that throw questions out, and um, I'm going to answer them. Is that right, Bryce? Really? really what it comes down to is that people ask questions on the Internet of people who aren't in any way professional, and then yes. they give – Really bad advice. Dumper and killer. So, yeah, like yeah, not good. like no. Nope, just run away. Just actually, you should change your identity. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's no. Don't change your identity. Yeah, Never a good plan. Right. So what are the questions today? Here's what we got. This girl says, "Well, this woman, I should say, she says her boyfriend is boring. They've been together for a year and a half. She says my boyfriend is boring. He's a nice guy, but I am bored out of my mind. Okay." Drives me up a wall. I feel like I'm constantly asking him, what do you want to do? Do you want to do this? Is this fun? Is this a good idea? Is this something that you want to do? Because he never suggests anything. So she feels like she's always the one taking charge. She feels like it's her obligation. Yeah. If she wants to have fun, it's on her. It's not on him. This she- isn't Skyboy's girlfriend, is it? Is it? Skyboy, is this your girlfriend? I wouldn't know if she posted on Reddit questions <laughs> about me. She doesn't tell me. Are you boring? <laughs> I am the most exciting guy there is. There we go. <laughs> so it him. can't be me. Okay, be so he's delusional. Also, I don't have a girlfriend, so. Okay, <laughs> well, we're working on that. one eight five five chat byu if you are looking for a boyfriend. Uh, just kidding. Um, so, okay, boring boyfriend. Simple answer. Um, I just lost it. <laughs> so let's see. The wrong choices are run away and change your identity. Dump the loser. You could dump him. But that uh, doesn't that doesn't fix any of the problems. He, watch the funny phrase there. He's a really great guy. <laughs> he just bores me to death. Now, um, does she play any role in her life? Like or is is he just there to be her entertainer? <sighs> Huh, I but, think you may be onto something, but Matt. But she also says, I try to say, do you want to do this? How about this? What about this? Can I just give – here's some really crazy thing. It might be that he actually feels really comfortable with you. That's why he's so boring. 
If he was the life of the party, he that would mean he's still out there trying to compete for you. He's no longer competing. He's He feels safe with you. <sighs> now, it drives her crazy because she wants him probably to go back to what he was, the life of the party. Ow! Whoa! She is younger than him. Oh, how much and, younger? Uh, she's about two years younger than him. So not a huge difference, but... Yeah. I mean, that makes sense if he's 30 years older. Right. My husband's so... My he's so boring. so boring. His bones are achy. He's, yeah. He sleeps all the time. <laughs> he always has to rub foot cream on his feet. Right. Um, so here's, I guess, my advice. Tell him we need to pick up our game. I would probably do less talking, by the way, and just do more showing. Like, I'd just grab his hand and say, we're going to this concert. And I bet you he'll go. Unless he's lazy and boring. I didn't hear lazy in there. I just heard he's just not fun. Now, the other thing you could always do is leave him. And what you're going to be risking, which is fine, you're just going to be risking finding somebody that is the life of the party, super exciting, and dangerous and unpredictable, and not as predictable as this guy. It makes me crazy when I have so many people that have a highly predictable man. Eventually, you want predictability in your relationship. This guy's probably fairly predictable. You know where he'll be tomorrow at 5 o'clock. He'll probably be home making something On his really spot, boring. on the couch. On his spot. If, I, I don't know if she got into that, but he'll at least be boringly home. She might want somebody with a lot more energy. You're going to trade. If you're going to go trade for the guy that's always the life of the party and all this other stuff, you're going to get something else. Wait till you find the one that outpaces you. Or the minute you have your first child, you're going to look for boring again. You need the guy that's going to stay home and be with the kids and form some dates. I would take a little more responsibility. Go be more direct. Go tell him we got to go out. We're going out now. Let's make something happen. Maybe start making a schedule where he plans certain nights, you plan other nights. Get clear that we fun and fun for me means this, fun for you means this. Talk for heaven's sakes. Boom, done. Next. Next up. <laughs> okay. Done. That one for some reason made me mad. I'm mad now. <laughs> well, it's no, I, I get why you're mad. She's just complaining. Um so the ne- next question. Yes. Uh, guy he just found out his fiance of eight and a half years, which I didn't I didn't know that was a thing, but you know, whatever. Yeah. I guess it still counts. Yeah. Um his fiance of eight and a half years admitted to having had an affair a month before they got married. Or she, before they were going before they're getting she married. She admitted to the affair a month ahead or she had the affair? They're getting married in a month and she just admitted she had had an affair. She'd had an affair. They've dated eight and a half years. Yes. Hey, nothing boring about this lady. Right? <laughs> this is the kind of partner that first person needed. <laughs> lots of, oh, lots what of drama. what give for that? If only my husband would go have it. Isn't that silly? So eight and a half years, a month before, she's now bringing out the fact that we're – she had had an affair. First things first. Why now? Uh, well, now because he caught her. That's really what that comes down oh, to. Oh, he caught her. Well, he pretty much got it out of her. He, yeah. He'd kind of figured he the signs were mounting, the red flags were showing up, and so they talked about it. And pretty much what he's wondering, he's like, what do I do? I'm kind of in a lose-lose. Like, obviously marriage isn't a great call because yeah. something's wrong. I'd slow but, down there. But, uh, you know. Well, what, one of the things, um, this there's bigger problems here that we don't even know about because he obviously, if it's just coming out now, he's probably thought of something, been working on an angle, heard of something. He might also have been fairly naive in this whole process where there was other data that he wasn't looking at. Eight and a half for years. years. An eight and a half year engagement. I mean, what are we doing? 
I mean, building a house. I, I, like, is it dating at that point, or yeah. is it? Are you yeah. pretty much married at the? I don't know. So there was already probably some commitment issue going on, and especially if she was the one that was delaying it, delaying it, delaying it, she probably had to break off her previous relationships or her coexisting relationships. Um, I wouldn't get married. That's for sure. That sounds crazy, but I'd slow down. Um, I'd find out more of the details. I'd also, um, I'd probably get some help. I'd go get a little intervention. I'd probably go talk to a therapist with her and try to work out, you know, why don't we know about this earlier? Why is this coming out a month ahead of time? Um, I don't know. That's messed up. That's not good. And if all else fails, uh, you could call the other lady and we could match these two up. Oh, no, but it was the female that's bored and the female that was exciting. Well, no, but she's got she's got a guy – so the guy involved in the affair. Yeah. I don't know. I don't that's, know. I shouldn't recommend that. No. I don't feel right recommending that. That's right. That was wrong. <laughs> and I'm glad you caught it. That was the moral test for you today, Bryce. Nailed it. Bryce passed his moral test. Well, there you have it. I mean, I wish we could do more, but I definitely wouldn't be getting married. And anytime you have something come up at the last minute – Always be watching what people aren't saying. There's a reason eight and a half years has gone by that we haven't gotten married yet. Thanks for listening to the show, folks. Uh, Again, our goal here is to let you realize that there is a lot of good in life. Hopefully we've helped you see a little bit more of that, giving you some tools, a leg up in this crazy thing called life. Tomorrow we'll be back with more ideas, more tools, more solutions right here on The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.